This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast, it's the calm before the storm. Uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll chill in the brewery. Uh, hopefully nobody comes. All right, so you want to wait until the night. Yeah. Giving the party time to reflect. Late, very late in my life, I have an opportunity to save the world. My life was forfeit long ago. It is curious to rededicate it in service of this cause. Yes, isn't it, isn't it wonderful? And plan ahead. You have the frost giants outside the pens. You got steady patrols and you got those up in the watchtowers. It's hard to move about by day. We do better at night. But trouble isn't far away. Yeah, so you've got a pretty good view up there of what's going on. Um, You see the frost giants are outside. And when night falls. And then Lork eases the door closed and he can't see anything. It is darkness. (laughs) Devoid of sound. He pulls his bow out. Evil will rise. It begins charging up into the air. <gasps> oh, what? Jesus. Up? Jesus. The adventure continues now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Glass Cannon Podcast. It's your boy, Grant Berger, a.k.a. Baron Ashpeak. And I'm a little sad this week, guys. I'm a little sad for Murple. Murple may be my favorite character to have ever been introduced by Troy. I think because inside my heart, when I'm at my most honest and raw, I feel the same as Murple. I certainly felt exactly the same way Murple did after Troy murdered Orphos Norkim. Hope everyone pours one out for Murple and his loneliness. That poor fox. So alone. So very alone. But you don't have to be alone because this weekend at PAX East, Troy and Skid are going to paint the town red. Skid and Troy will be there Friday and Saturday, but there is a special fan meetup Friday night at the City Tap House from 5 p.m. until the sun rises. This is an amazing opportunity to meet the masterminds behind classic role-playing characters like Nestor Coin and Murple the Fox. But hey, because this is the Glass Cannon Network, we're not just giving you one opportunity to geek out this weekend. If you're in the Chicago area, GCP Midwest is this Saturday in Roselle, Illinois, with the fightingest bunch of Illini I've ever seen. If either of these truly tantalizing events have whet your appetite for nerdage, you can get more info on how to sign up for games, times, location, etc. at glasscannonpodcast.com slash events. Well, it looks like it's time to go back to the shivering mountaintops of Skiergard. So without further ado, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to episode 149. I have been mad at myself all week. I haven't been this angry since I forgot to poison the weapons of those orcs in the uh, Carrion Blix episode. You well, now that? you know how we feel. <laughs> and we've been angry at you much longer than that. <laughs> Did you forget something? No, I didn't forget something. It's just, and maybe this is something, uh, Joe and, and, and Skid, you can um, relate to as a GM. Sometimes do you get so fixated on wanting to do something cool that you forget about 
how it's going to affect everything else. So, for example, all I wanted to do, I was so fixated on knocking someone in a vat. I was just going to say, can I guess? I think it's you <laughs> wanted to knock someone in a vat. I wanted to knock someone in a vat. <laughs> I did not even, it didn't even dawn on me to not leave myself directly in front of a gunslinger <laughs> who hits touch AC. This guy was so cool and there was just nothing I could do. There was no way I could have saved him. All you had to do was get 25 feet away from me. 25 That's feet? That's all you needed to do and you could fly. I just... You could fly. I, I You're an imbecile. All I was thinking about was like, gotta knock him in the vat, then I'll start dealing some damage. Could, I, I, it, it drives me crazy When you get these cool monsters You study up on them You finally want to do something neat with them And you just get this myopic Like I must tunnel vision I have to just I and think he, uh, <sighs> that really helps explain The guilt trip laid on us by the fox afterwards <laughs> Yes <laughs> that, that goes a long he way He was channeling that yes, same Yes, yeah. old Merple Was there just to make you feel bad for my mistake Did that guy have hexes? Oh, he had hexes. But you know what? I was excited to do the hexes, and he had some hexes that uh, even if you uh, succeeded, uh, he could force you to have to try it again. Um, So I was excited to bring hexes back. But at the end of the day, his hexes weren't powerful enough for me to waste a turn using them. Um, But he just had some spells. Unless you were thinking tactically, but... Yeah, tactically. Yeah, but hexes different. are great in a party. It's yeah, tough when like yeah. you're like, okay, this round I'm going to hex, and then they're going to combine for 200 points of damage against me, <laughs> yeah, and right. then the next round I'll do some damage. Like, right. It, uh, could plus, he have- the DC of the save was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to waste a round just trying to make your saves go down by two, and then you might succeed, and then like I'm going to get lit up right. for a full <laughs> round so that I can do something next round. Yeah. Yeah, it was just one of those things, but uh, it's been driving me crazy all week. You said at the top of that episode that you were legitimately going going to try to kill us yeah. and i really thought you were and that's one of us might go down but uh but you didn't you would think 149 <laughs> episodes now i would know that we have a gunslinger that hits a t- touch ac from 20 feet away maybe don't go near the gunslinger <laughs> or maybe just kill him or just kill him why did i knock him in the bat i mean if you, actually grant if you were a little closer or lined up perfectly i would have tried to knock you in the bat i'm sorry i didn't um, well, you know i would apologize, have said that your gun is completely broken from the boiling water oh, <laughs> oh man troy it feels good to be up in your head i'm yeah. real warm and cozy up here psyching you out sucker <laughs> so um, I'm bringing hexes back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you kill this guy. All my hexes live in Texas. And <laughs> gross. <laughs> you kill this guy, and his poor, poor, defenseless little fox is just cowed Stop. by these murderers <laughs> that came into a craft brewery. Yeah, a place of of celebration in the camp. There should not be a fox in here. That's my that's it's my a place contention. of harmony and joy. Instead, when's the last time you went to a brewery in Queens? They always allow pets. This is not very foxes. Hip. Foxes have very distinct musk glands. It's true. And I, and I don't know if you spent any time around foxes. I have. I have not. No. They stink. They smell terrible. I wouldn't want them around the beer at all. But the Department of Health surely had they would shut this place this. down, and this is how they would do it by. Killing whoever was in Is charge. that what's probably in the big hole in the middle is the skier guard department of health? <laughs> you see the like they got a C grade. Uh, you go you go to the website, it's like Fox Musk. Fox droppings. Really also the almost op- got the A. Also uh, op- open containers of alchemical poison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kept right next to the hops. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> How'd they get a C? <laughs> they must have been paying people off. Oh, man. <laughs> made a deal with the stone giants. It says poison and one that says yeast <laughs> right next to each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we got to shut you down. Um, so we we end last episode with with a conversation with Murple. Uh, again, that is from the book. Um, and Murple, just like Baba Boo Jenkins, just like Baba Boo Jenkins, which I couldn't make up. That's right out of the uh, right out of the book. Um, and Murple tells you that the. Those jugs or barrels are for the king and the queen, and you're like the king and the queen one. And he's like, oh, you don't know, the king and the queen in the south. What? And that's where you guys left off. So, I mean, are we? Might we assume that the king at least would refer to the storm tyrant? I mean, would that be reasonable? Possibly, it would be reasonable. But the last that we heard, he was still single. Because what's her name was trying to marry him. You certainly Grenzel didn't Deck. see Grenzel in his Deck. letter back to Grenzeldeck. He didn't mention, mention it's like, like oh, I Marty. have a wife. Right. He could be polygamous. <laughs> Not only That's am I true. insulted, <laughs> but I am married, my dear woman. <laughs> <laughs> didn't he threaten to kill her in that letter? I, he did. He did yeah. If you ever, ever deign to ask me this again. I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Permission to treat the witness as hostile? <laughs> I think a whole new version of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> so, yeah, it could, it could very well be. Um, you've heard now talk about the South ever since, uh, I think, Digimon. Excuse me. Ever, ever since Digimon. Excuse me. Uh, I can't wait to meet Pikachu later in this adventure. It's going to be so exciting. I've got to catch them all. Ever, ever since Digimon was saying, like, uh, is this going to help me to, to go down South? That's where... That's where they'll send me. I'll show everyone. I can go down south. And then you may have heard from somebody else, south, south, south. And now you hear that there's a king and the queen in the south. Is this Volstice? Is this the storm tyrant? Perhaps. That's all the information that Merple has. Okay. Are we, are we considering the Speak With Animals done? No. If you have some more questions, I can keep playing Merple. <laughs> um, I don't want to talk to this fox anymore. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if the fox... Me I out. want to alleviate your pain. Why did you kill my master? In cold blood. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I had a, a question. Um, there's been some a lot of new information we got in recent episodes, being able to see through Pembroke's eyes uh, the speech that Skirkala gave to the camp. Mm-hmm. And the name uh, Herseer Greganor came up. I'm mm-hmm. wondering if the fox could tell us anything about Herseer Greganor. Uh, roll a knowledge local. Okay. Uh, that's a 19. 20 even. Herseer is a title. It basically means like sub chieftain or like sub jarl. Okay. Huh. So he would be the second in command. You would infer that is most likely the person that Pembroke and Feyraza saw with the big helm opening the gates. Like that seemed to be the second in command. There's a good chance that that is Herseer Greganor. And actually, if you go back and listen, none of you guys picked up on that. Yeah. I mentioned Herseer a number of times. I think Naximara might say it. I know Fijimon uh, says it. He says the Herseer, but you guys never... I think I thought you were t- saying a name. Yeah, like yeah, Like some yeah. NPC yeah. name. I thought so, too. How do you spell Herseer? Is it like H-E-R-S-I-R. H-E-R-S-I-R. Okay. Herseer Greganor. That, that is an actual title, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I um... I gotta look up where that's from. Now that you mention it, it does sound familiar. Just quick search Vikings. on here, yeah. Vikings, yeah, Vikings, the local Viking military commander of a hundred, about a hundred men, and old allegiance to a jarl or king. It's like Makes a platoon sense. leader, yeah, or a centurion. Uh, mm. They were also aspiring landowners. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> that's like they everyone are. in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, well, I mean, I think then that means the next step is... Maybe we could buy them off with a nice couple acres down south. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was just going to say, I think that it's probably wisest, <laughs> probably wisest if Lork uh, just challenges the Hersier to single combat. Yeah, it works out. Always. Yeah, that always works out. was such a good plan. Th- then we could just clear out the village and that's yeah. what one, I one prepped, shot. That's what I prepped for. Is, is there a <laughs> so. dam that Skid can die opening up? Is, can that happen again, too? That'd be great. <laughs> wow, they're really running out of ideas. It's as if they had like three Death Stars in the same movie series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ouch. Ouch. That's worth a bottle cap. Yeah! <laughs> All right. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That is good. You get a Galabras bottle cap. Ooh. Ooh. It's no longer enough. has any value. <laughs> um, that's worth a plus one to one skill check. Uh, you guys found some treasure. Uh, obviously, the lesser quicken metamagic rod is going to make Pembroke even more potent. That is a badass piece of treasure, man. So badass. My my little uh, PFS wizard, I always wanted to get a, a quicken metamagic rod. Just to be able to cast two spells in one round. It's, just, it's amazing, and I never got it. <laughs> whatever, happened, whatever happened to Gideon? Oh, Gideon. Well, we, 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 we launched a network, and we don't play for fun anymore. Yeah, right. I think he's... he's, he's <laughs> He's, uh, I think he's bartending. He's yeah, a bartending. He retired. He's to like staying at third level, some pub in Absalom, just like just like Jonathan Reese Myers, who plays him. Yes. Oh, oh that's right. I love that's that right. character. He's such a dick. He was a dick. Um, and you also found uh, a headband of vast intelligence plus two. Now you guys uh, rolled off air for this. There was a there was a bit of a fist fight. Um, we did. And uh, what, what were the pretty results? Pretty. Who was involved? And what were the results? It was Lorcan Feraza were involved. I think both. The other two both have head items, right? Head yep. slot items. Wisdom for, for Baron and uh, I think intelligence for Pembroke. Pembroke's yeah. got a plus four, right? Or a plus two? two sorry, what? Do you have a head, headband of Vast Intelligence plus four? Uh, it's, I think it's plus two. Yeah, so uh, we didn't have No, it is sl- plus four. It is plus it four. It is. I thought so, yeah. yeah. Lork and Feyraza didn't have head slot items, so we just we rolled off on it. And I, I believe we both rolled like a six and a... Yeah, I rolled a six, you rolled a nine. I we saw were like, from which far one away, is and which? I was like, uh, it's a six or a nine. So just, do, can you be one of those? Matthew's like, I think mine's a six. And then I looked, and it was a nine. So uh, Lork got it, and then it didn't have uh, what skill it was attached to. Right. So we looked up the rules, and they said you roll randomly on a knowledge skill. So we rolled randomly, and it was knowledge planes. So your knowledge planes went from zero to what? Plus 14. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Not even zero, like unable to roll it. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Unable to roll it to plus 14. Now, he, he, doesn't, he needs 24 hours for it to kick in. Sure. So he puts it on. He doesn't quite feel it yet, but over the course of the day, he's going to get like, Lork's all of a sudden going to have this knowledge of... I know Kung Fu. Pl- it yeah. is like the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. Totally, yeah. Do you get a language as well? Uh, yes, it's it's telling me on my sheet that I get a uh, language. I haven't added it yet because I'm not sure how we're doing that. But um, well, you know, why don't you? Pick, I'll, I'll I'll tell you the languages that he knew, and then you can just choose from one. Oh, of I them. like that. Um, it's like Final Fantasy Tactics. You could pick between Abyssal, Common. I would, oh, I would go. I would go with Common. Oh, Common. <laughs> draconic, a really underappreciated language. <laughs> draconic, Giant, or Orc. Abyssal, common, draconic, giant, and orc. What do you currently speak? I currently speak... French. Common, <laughs> elven, oh. and orc. Ah. All right, so abyssal, draconic, or giant? That's, that's tough. That's uh, tough I, I think I just have to go well, giant. But, but wait. But being a giant, I'm sure that the headband didn't confer upon him the ability to speak giantish. This it, is not... 
a false statement. I think <laughs> I think when he was little, he had a speech impediment, and his parents sent him to speech class, and eventually the teacher was like, you know what, this is just going to be too tough. Let's just give, like, spend, make the investment, buy this headband. What, was he a prep school fine. kid? That's I'll like 8,000 gold. Further, since he was a brewer, he was actually a giant raised by dwarves, and so he only spoke dwarven his whole life. Um, but then he got this headband, and he forgot how to speak dwarven, because he has any dwarves to speak with anymore. <laughs> but now he learned giant through Maybe the Maybe he had, like, a falling out with his dwarven, his dwarven, his dwarven, like you know, masters to his apprentice, and he yeah. and now he's like he purposely forgot it. I want this to be the next podcast, <laughs> the story of his life growing up, a giant raised by dwarves. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, I'll take it. I'll take giant. <laughs> it's very useful. Well, which story are you going with? Speech impediment or giant raised by dwarves? Giant raised by dwarves, uh, obviously. Oh, obviously, okay. that speech impediment one hit, hit pretty close to home. How did it go bad? How did so he? Wonder how it went bad. Yeah, that's a that's a story for another episode, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys rested here the for the night, right? Because yeah, you had to learn uh, speak with animals to talk to Merple. Yeah. And my name is Merple. And now it is the morning of, you know, I had a good tracker here. And I, it's either the morning of day six or day seven. I'm leaning towards day six. Uh, so we'll say day six. And you've got the whole world in front of you. What do you want to do? What What next? Well, I think that right up the hill from where we are in the brewery and near our camp is that longhouse. We mentioned it uh, before, but we haven't really looked in there yet. It's a longhouse. That I, we, I don't think we have any evidence yet. We haven't seen anyone going in or out. It hasn't been act more active at night or at mealtime or during the day or anything. I, we have no info. So I think that we could check that out if that's cool with you guys. It's just close by. Sure. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, now be aware there is a watchtower there as well. If you look at oh your map, yeah, and it is during the day, so just something uh, to think about. Should we wait till the nighttime? Uh, yeah, we could we could spend the day in the brewery and Disa- wait till the nighttime. Disable another sky rocket as well. Right? Yeah, kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. So let's play poker until nightfall. Does that sound <laughs> good to you guys? That okay, sounds good. good. Uh, yeah, I think we'll we'll chill in the brewery. I, I, hopefully, nobody comes. You know, if if somebody comes, we'll have to. You barred the doors from the in, inside. Yeah, well, we just locked them. Sure. Um, and so, I mean, could we impersonate his voice? <laughs> Get out! I'm brewing. <laughs> just have Mer- just have Merple tell them to go away. Yeah. <laughs> Merple's gonna rat us out. I feel it. They're in there. Go get them. <laughs> they went that way. Um. All right, so you want to wait until the night? Yeah, we'll oh, wait until the night. What are you guys uh, talking about during the day? Is there any uh, interesting conversation? Well, uh, Pembroke, I think he's got a, a little bit of extra spring in his step lately since he's leveling up. Like The way I'm envisioning it is that uh, at one point he was a f- 15th, 16th level wizard, but years of... Uh, in his post of atrophied his abilities and now he's at, now he's out in the field again he's kind of slowly getting this stuff back and I think you know he kind of talks to Faraz about it and says you know it's it's uh, it's interesting I, I I remember now that I've I've sort of got the back this teleportation this is something I used to love you know like traveling, I traveled so much in my youth. I, I'd go on uh, expeditions in the field constantly, and I loved it. I loved visiting other places, just tra- blinking through the ether. It was just 
something so thrilling about it. Did you travel alone? No, well, occasionally, but usually uh, with a group of colleagues. Did you, tell me, Pembroke, do you have a wife? Are you married? No, no, no. Husband? No, no, no. I was always uh, uh, married to the work. Oh, I see. Yes, it was. I've, I've had my share of romances in the past, but um, nothing, nothing more too serious. Did you ever travel to Osirion? Yeah, oh, yes, yes, very often. Yes, and I just speak in ancient Osiriani again. <laughs> so badass. Yeah. <laughs> Impressive. Yes, it says, I'm afraid... I, I, I'm always always sort of ashamed of my accents because I I, I always I approach it from an academic standpoint. Of see. course, of course. So it's like most of the texts in ancient Assyriani, which I understand the dialect is uh, understandable to someone who speaks modern Assyriani, but it must sound ridiculous. It is not how we speak every day. No, <laughs> no, no. no. So, so I'm always sort of hesitant to bring it up. But in any case, uh, in my my years at my post of the Archinamirium, I. I simply stopped stopped doing what I loved you let the power lapse yes 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 I sort of sat down in an easy chair and when I got up I was an old man (laughs) but now (laughs) now that I'm rediscovering this sort of the thrill of it all I don't know I mean I came out here expecting to die and wanting to experience a little bit of what I used to love before I did, but now I I thought I was prepared to go, to leave the mortal plane, but now, now I, I have to say I'm rather enjoying myself, especially meeting you lot. You've uh, brought back a little something that I thought I, I was, that I've been missing, and I, I don't want to die. I don't want you to die either, my friend. I must say, I, I, share your, I share your experience a bit. I long ago pledged my life to the Scion, the Chosen One. Mm. And then I found out he's gone, stripped away from the world. And now I have this power flowing through me, the power of Osiris. And yet, I cannot help but wonder if the only purpose I have for it now is my own enjoyment. And that does not strike me as particularly noble. Well, this is sort of is what I was seeking too. It's sort of my own edification, finding, seeing things that I wanted to see that I never had. But now I, fi- I feel that we've encountered, sort of stumbled upon this, a, a very great quest indeed. I, I have found a purpose. Yeah, I, I feel as though. I've late, very late in my life, I've an opportunity to save the world, and it is quite thrilling. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel that you have a great, great part to play too. I, I hope, I hope I do. I, my life was forfeit long ago. It is curious to rededicate it and reanimate in service of this cause. Yes, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful? I feel. You feel younger, my, my, my yes, friend. Yes, I do. I do. I, I, you look younger. You have an aura about you. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Your hair it seems good. It is growing back a little bit. Voluminous. <laughs> on the top. Like it's growing. I think it is actually growing back a little bit. And I, I was going to say, like, it feels good to get air into my lungs, but there's so little air up here that it's not quite the phrase I should search for. But 
Uh, I can help with that, by the way. Yes. Oh, I appreciated that the other day. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> something, that's, that's something I, 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 this divine magic sort of used. It's just so interesting to me. It's just I don't have a feel for it at all. It's I wish I could show you more, but here we are in the strangulated world. I wish I could make things grow. That is my specialty. Yes, know. yes. I imagine that must be frustrating, too. Here above the tree line. Here above the tree line. In my childhood, I would, on the banks of the river, I would... I would assist in the agricultural pursuit ah, yes. of our community. Yes, after the flood season. Exactly. On the river. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> ah, I miss a Syrian. So they go on like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. <clears throat> great, um, Baron. Are you? What's going on with you? I think Baron is kind of looking at Lork's new body, and he's wondering. Go on. <laughs> Lork catches this hungry <laughs> glare. He's very, very uncomfortable. A half empty glass of this beer. <laughs> yeah, girl. Um, it's been a long time since Ingrid died, so Aaron's just feeling a little lonely on these cold nights. <laughs> No, uh, so Baron is is contemplating how far we've gone on this journey, and Lork feels unfamiliar, but his his purpose, his presence, uh, his at least um, understood continued devotion to Gorham, he's on a set path. And what Baron is missing right now is kind of the unending font of goodness and lawful goodness that came from Sir Will to keep his own worst tendencies in check so baron is dealing right now with the fact that he was totally okay and had no hesitation in poisoning this beer which would leave our hands and could potentially go into anyone's hands innocent or otherwise and kill them and so i think he's hearing this conversation between Firaza and Pembroke and, and what their purpose is, and particularly what Firaza says is my power now just for my own enjoyment now that, that this prophecy has been upset and just feeling unsettled and he's wary of going too dark, too evil, even though he embraces that as an inquisitor. Hmm. Hmm. He's feeling really lonely right now. A bit rudderless. Yeah. Hoping that we're making all the right decisions hmm. and not losing our own um, righteous way along this path. Hmm. And uh, Lork? Uh, I think Lork would probably take notice of this. He's known Baron for a long time, uh, and he has adventured with him, and he's been through a lot with him. And um, I think he can tell that he's a little brooding, you know, and, and Lork feels in a lot of ways uh, very different. I, I think he feels similar to the way Pembroke feels in that He's reinvigorated in so many ways because he feels like a, a weight has been lifted, um, both figuratively and literally, because he now he's just so much lighter on his feet and he, is, he feels younger. He doesn't have the same pains that he had. That physical change has yeah. just got to be incredible. The, the ability to just climb trees and to, you know, to climb, skitter up and down things and run across in, in total silence and... Uh, and, and track these giants with eyes clearer than he's ever seen before. It, it's fascinating and exciting, uh, thrilling in a way. And he, uh, and so he's he ex- he understands that, and he can see the I think the the moroseness in, in Baron. So so he'll, he'll kind of come over to Baron, and he's not going to try to speak with him uh, emotionally, but instead he's going to 
come over and just kind of pat him on the shoulder, kind of squat down next to him and be like, well, if we're going to stay inside all day, friend, I think we should get down to work. Let's start talking strategy. Let's talk tactics. What are our next steps here? We have a lot to take care of, and we can't keep going from place to place, just reacting to whatever we see. We have a lot to take care of, Lorcan, and, and we've been accomplishing more than I could ever have dreamed. That that explosion we caused was incredible, and, and some of the stuff you told me you did with those hijinks, and the, the way you upset those giants against each other has been incredible, but I'm just scared we're losing sight of um, what's important here. I'm afraid um, whatever path we go forward we need to keep the slaves well-being in mind first so we can free them so let's keep that as a guiding principle before we set out any strategy for today i i think the number one strategy needs to be freeing these slaves but i'm not sure how to do it without taking care of the giants right so you have the frost giants outside the pens and you've got hundreds of them just walking around at any given time you got steady patrols, and you got those up in the watchtowers. It's hard to move about by day. We do better at night. We have incredible magics from our friends here that can make us invisible, teleport from place to place, but it's limited. Yes, this is the thing. Like, I, I, don't, I don't really like wasting any time at all. Like, every day that we spend is one, could be one more slave uh, in the belly of a giant. But you're right. I, without expending our, our magic, I, uh, we have to op- operate at night. So right. But any, rush, but any rushed decision also could carry the weight of killing all the slaves if yes. they are found to be uh, trying to escape, if even one or two of them, if we try to get out. I have reason to believe that my daughter is in that pen. And I know, Feyraza, you said you didn't see her, but I'm, I don't want to make a decision in in a panicking way that will take away all of the strategy we've worked through so far. So I think that you don't have to worry about losing sight of our goals. Our mm. goals are for the innocent people up here and the innocent people off this mountain that are going to die if we let these giants organize and leave here trained and ready to take down the cities of the small folk. Now, if we can split them up now here before they unite in a, in a significant way so that they can pull off a proper siege, then we'll have done our job. And if it takes our life to do it, I think it's worth it. And as for you, Feyraza, I, I believe that you are here for that purpose. I believe that your powers and abilities are not here for your own enjoyment, but instead to help the people of this continent. You've come from far away to help people in a, a completely different country and land. And for that, I am very thankful to you. You're welcome. Well, Torag is a god of planning and strategy, typically of defense, not of offense. But I think there's wisdom to your words, Lork. We have to keep on pushing forward, just like when we would create new mines in the Five Kings Mountains. We just had to keep on chipping away day by day, and then we'd have a new tunnel to a new place, to new ore, to new adventures. So perhaps we should continue to chip away at this location of the camp and check out the longhouse just above us. And Lork will sort of start to stand up and he puts his hand on uh, Baron's shoulder and he looks at him real close and he gets this kind of smile and, and light in his eye and he's like do you remember just last night how quickly we took down that giant 
They've got a lot of power coming after them and they have no idea yet. Keep your chin up. We're going to take them all out. And with that, the day turns into night. You assume that the uh, watchtowers, as long as nothing's changed, a lot has changed in the camp. You don't know how long they're going to continue keeping their watches so... uh, Loosey-goosey? So loosey-goosey. But if nothing has changed, you feel like now you could sneak your way over to this other building. I should note that we did all of our life bubble stuff and... Yes, We're all covered. And we discovered between episodes that life bubble has endure elements built into it. So... Yes. Save some juice. Save some spells. So with that... You guys want to open the door? What do you want to do? You want to head out and walk there? You're not too, too far. It's um, up on a ledge above where uh, the brewery is. Now, what are we going to do with Merple? <laughs> can't let Merple just run free through the camp either. Certainly can't. Well, unless he runs into a druid. I mean, I, it's not really going to be able to communicate much of any interest with giant. Right. I'm just worried that if he's seen alone, they'll recognize the, the druid's companion is, is loose and think there might be something wrong. Well, we, we could lock him in. Lock him in. All right, but let's that, not make it too long. That seems quite cruel for a druid to lock a creature of the wild indoors, does it not? What I, are you guys talking about? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Didn't mean to be rude, Murphy. It seems like the alternative that Lork is suggesting is murder, which seems crueler. Oh, no, no, of course not. I'm, I'm trying to think of a way maybe we could let him go farther away, but I think locking in one more day is just fine. All right, well, let's put some food out for him and make it clear that it's not poisoned. <laughs> uh, I also have this vision in my head just of Murple meeting... Uh, Noxy Morris in like the middle of the forest and like becoming his new uh, familiar and just like riding on the back of the dragon and like <laughs> helping him out all the time. It'd be so That's amazing great. if that could happen. <laughs> like a Treyu and uh, Never Ending Story. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't even think about how Cat Benatar and Murple are getting on. <laughs> I hope they're getting along. I know foxes are kind of solitary beasts, as are cats. Yeah, cat is kind of uh, taking a step back. We haven't really developed her as much as the other animal companions. Yeah. I'm not going to kill her until you give her a personality. <laughs> until we really like her. So hurry up. <laughs> um, all right, so you're going to lock Murple in. Um, Murple gives you sad eyes. like, <laughs> um, And you guys head out. So we head out. So we're going to try to sneak past that building where they uh, they were forging stuff from outside with the spikes uh, mm-hmm. from the the ice from the pond. Yep. Same situation at night. Yeah. Like they're, it's not maybe a hundred feet right away now. from that or so, a couple hundred feet. We sneak past that up and around this little curve, right in the view of the watchtower. Uh, Lork would like to do a perception check just to make sure there's no shadow in the watchtower that happened sure. to, to to stay that night. Uh, 36. 36. It doesn't appear to be manned unless there's someone inside of it. All right. But that's not going to do anything for you. All right. Um, Can I do another perception just in the wider area just to make sure there's no patrols or anybody happen to walk around? Because I want the whole group to come with me, not just super stealthy people. Sure. I want to make sure that there's no danger in sight. Um, 43. 43. <laughs> it took me a minute. I was like, is that? <laughs> so, be right? <laughs> uh, to the north of where you are is that watchtower. Just past that is the slave pen. And then uh, to the west of that, excuse me, to the east of that is the uh, sort of built into the rock staircase leading up to that statue. To the 
west is pretty much the west and the south is the rest of the camp. You do see patrols over there, but they're not coming. At least right now, they're not coming over in your direction. All right, so let's all go. Okay, so we'll, we'll all move up and around this, the lip of this hill to the longhouse. And this is actually the first time, I think, that Lork is really getting a view of the slave pens. He was never over here. Yeah, from where you are, there's, there's enough lights, you know, from this little, their little hovels and whatnot to see, like, just a bunch of people milling about. In a pen. Uh, in a pen with, you know. We can see into it? Uh, from up there, yeah, you can see into the pen. But it's just mostly probably small, tiny yeah, shadows. Like you, you can't, yeah, you see like shadows moving past the, the palisade and, uh, you know, the frost giant standing out front. Yeah, it's still pretty far away, but. Um, um, I should note that Faraza is going as not in animal, short, animal form. She gave herself an hour of life bubble. Oh, okay. And um, Pembroke takes a moment to study the interior of the pen, as you can see it, just for purposes of perhaps teleporting into it sure so I, i'm not being 100 percent clear but like the walls are about eight feet tall but you can see like it's shoddily made so you can see like lights through the fence oh, all right no good details no good details okay. but right. feyraza can give you those details because she's been there okay so um, lork yeah he's just thinking like stay safe we'll be there soon uh, and he'll come up to this to this longhouse, try to sneak up to it. Sure. Can I roll a stealth? Sure. Oh, before we go up to the longhouse, can I disable the skyrocket inside of that tower? Sure. The tower is past the uh, the um, longhouse. So do you want us to like wait right by the wall of the yeah. longhouse and you sneak up alone? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's okay. All right. So you're going to uh, roll a stealth check. Okay. 20. 20. Okay. Um, you get up to that uh, tower, same type of situation, ramp that leads to stairs, and there's a hatch, like uh, before. What do you do? Pull it open stealthily. Okay. Stealth check. Oh, that is a 32. 32. Ooh. All right. So you very quietly open it. It appears to be empty inside. Great. Um, so I, I try to locate the skyrocket. Yep. Sure enough, there it is. Slide a hand check. That is a natural 20 oh, for a 28. Wow. You're, you're getting really good at nice. this. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Skyrocket disabled. Dun, 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 awesome dun, dun, job. Dun, dun, no dun, one dun. would ever know. Uh, and a so fast. Quick perception check from up there to see. Can I uh, From this angle, can I see more into the slave camp or uh, into the uh, stairs leading up to the ice uh, sculpture is probably too high for yeah, me to see anything else. A, Yeah, that one's a little too high, but you do have a, a really good view into the uh, slave pen. I'm looking particularly for what I understand the description of Lork's daughter to be, but in general, if there's any more intel or patrols I can get. And you have dark vision? Yep. That is a perception 35. 35. Nice roll. Nice. Um, yeah, so you've got a pretty good view up there of what's going on. Um, you see the frost giants are outside. Uh, there's no one inside of the, the pen right now, just the slaves. Um, and they look like they're being uh, fed, basically. Hmm. Um, you don't see, maybe the frost giants threw the food in there, but they're, um, they're, there's like a bit of a distribution of food going on amongst the slaves themselves. You don't see uh, any green-skinned uh, creatures, but you do see uh, a little bit of a scene go on. Um, there's like uh, a small creature, a person, some humanoid, uh, who uh, walks up to grab some food and uh, kind of goes away. And there's a larger... Uh, man among the slaves who 
grabs the food away from the uh, smaller creature. And that figure just takes it and walks away over to the corner and just sits down. And it looks like they're meditating. And then uh, there's a little girl, a child, running by, and she knocks that food out of the larger man's hands. And the man turns around furiously and goes to take the food away from the little girl. In, like, a flash, that smaller person comes back over and with, like, three quick moves, disables this dude and knocks him flat. And this guy's got to be three, four times the size of this little person. What? And returns the food to the little child. And then just goes and disappears into the crowd as the crowd kind of gathers around this scene. Wow. Fascinating. Baron's eyes widen. And they all seem to be humans from what he saw. I'll see to be humans, except this little person is not a child. So maybe it's a halfling, maybe it's a gnome. And that little person had the large person who took the food, stole it from him, he went to go meditate, little girl tried to take it, and when the large man tried to attack the girl, he disabled him. So he didn't defend himself, but just the little girl? Yes. Wow. That's fascinating. It's hard to tell. You can't tell what it is. It could be a man. It could be a woman. It could be, it's definitely not a child. Maybe a halfling or a gnome. Well, I'll... Um, Baron's eyes widen and then narrow, and he, he contemplates it for a while. And he's going to return to the rest of the group and say, I, I don't know how to describe this, but I think we may have some hope for someone on our side inside of the camp. I saw... This tiny figure fighting for what was right. He he protected this girl from a larger man who wanted to attack her and and disappeared into the crowd. He he moved like lightning. I I don't know though. I couldn't get a perfect look at him. So we got to be careful next time we go in there, especially you, Pembroke. If you plan on teleporting in there, there seems to be someone of physical powers I don't quite understand. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, it seems they're devolving into fighting each other over scraps of food, so probably factions forming in there and that's a dangerous place. Yes. We should... Um, it's quite interesting. I wonder if perhaps we have an ally. A potential ally. Potential. Well, we should, uh, we should move quickly. Yes. Let's find out what's in this house here. So, a quick scan of this building, you see pretty large wooden structure. They're all, they've all been wooden except for that uh, temple that Pembroke uh, was looking into. Uh, has a peaked roof, and if you do a lap around it, obviously Baron's coming back from the tower, you see there are two sets of massive barn doors set at either end um, as it just sits in the shadow of this nearby watchtower. Above the eastern doors, there's a pair of gigantic ram's horns. And on the western doors, there is a set of gigantic crossed lances set above the doors. Hmm. 
approximately like Dodge it, dealership. It's a Dodge dealership. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it looks to be about 50 feet wide, 75 feet long. Um, no windows, two doors. No windows. Wow. Okay. I want to listen at the door to see if I hear anything inside. Okay. okay. I'll join you. Uh, that's a 32. I got a 32 as well. 32 if it's a giant. I'm assuming it's a giant. I get 32 regardless. 32 regardless. So 31, <laughs> or I'm sorry, 28 if it's not a giant. You hear, like, oh, Lippin's Honor. Lippin's Honor horses. It, sound, it sounds like maybe. It's medieval times. They're maybe, training their horses to do all maybe the Maybe a mount, mount of some kind. Mounts? Is this a stable? I think it's a percolator, Joe. They're making coffee in there. <laughs> we got the brew house first. Now we're at the barista place. Oh, it sounds like there's a creature in there. And awake, too. I don't know. What do you think, Baron? Do we go in? I think we go in and we let our new animal expert, Faraza, lead the way. Aye, Feroz, I think we might be dealing with a creature here that might not exactly be an enemy right away, so... I'll, I'll try to get this door open, but if there's any way you can... Be ready with your diplomacy. <laughs> uh, uh, Reason with it! Your freakish animal diplomacy. <laughs> uh, he will uh, attempt to open the door. I will test to see if it's locked, I guess, is a good start. Uh, sure, uh, it appears to be unlocked. Unlocked, and it's—is it like a knob? Is it like a bar? Um, a big old handle? Yeah, I mean, it looks like it can be barred from the inside, so it's just a handle. That so you he can started to move it, and it, moved, it came. Yeah. Okay. Then he's going to slowly, stealthily, attempting stealth. Um, oh, there we go. That is a thirty-four stealth to just kind of slowly open the door and peek in. Thirty-four stealth, uh, slowly open the door and peek in. Darkness. Can't see. Can't but see. I can hear this. It's a little louder now. A little louder. Clop, 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 can Baron see? Baron has dark vision. He can and see the him. sound stops. <gasps> oh. Can he, you, he can peek in f- 60 feet. What can I see with 60 Baron feet? Baron peeks in 60 feet. You see, um, it looks like a barn on the interior. Um, but it doesn't have any walls or stalls like a barn would have. And instead, it has, like, workbenches permanently fixed to the sides of the building. Um, if you look up, you see the ceiling. Uh, rafters are open and exposed about 40 feet above uh, the floor, which is earthen but covered in straw. There's no fireplace, chimney, or light source. And 60 feet looking in, you don't see anything. I would like to do a survival check for tracks, and if I find tracks based on that clock noise you're making earlier, I'd like to do a knowledge, nature, or whatever uh, knowledge check would be applicable to said tracks. Okay, uh, do survival. 18. 18. Um, You do see tracks. looks like multiple horses. Okay. Multiple horses. And there's nothing unusual. Can I do a nature to see if they're a normal kind of horse? Go for a knowledge nature, yeah. Can I do it too? Mm-hmm. I have dark vision as well. 13. 24. 13. Um, nothing looks unusual to you, Baron. Um, Feraza, the placement of the hooves seems a little strange. Like the horses look are like bigger? They, no, they look like they're like packed on top of each other. It doesn't make quite Six-legged horses. 
definitely. Yeah, they're like very, very close to each other. It doesn't quite make sense. And I don't see any, we don't see any horses. You don't see any horses. I mean, it's it's pitch dark in there. Baron's looking in 60 feet. You don't see anything. I turn to Faraz and say, and Lork, and Pembroke, and Cat Benatar. I'll talk to everyone. <laughs> and I say, we should step in, be quiet, and close the door. Because if whatever's in here gets out, it's going to cause a ruckus and lead back to us. So in this dark room, I think we all take a step forward and lock <laughs> ourselves inside with whatever six-legged horse <laughs> is in here. It is tw- the 20 duck-sized horses that are going to come out us. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, wow. That, that horrible hypothetical come to life. It's been a long time. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Lork is definitely thinking in the back of his head like, but that's kind of what we want. This it's is like a stampede. This is but a bit of a strange... Under our own circumstances. Right, but, right, right. Or under our own uh, decisions. decisions. So we need to know more about what's going on in here. So I think we... He'll quietly step in five feet, and he's going to wait for everybody to just kind of get in past them, and then he'll close the door. Yes, let's step. trap ourselves in this barn with the mystery creature. Cage match. <laughs> Cage match. <laughs> this is going to go great. And then Lork... Eases the door closed and he can't see anything. It is darkness <laughs> For, and devoid of sound. He pulls his bow out. Faraza is going to cast light. Faraza casts light. As you're casting light, <laughs> oh, oh, no. you wish your buddy Lork was slightly stealthier oh, no. when oh, no. he opened that door because you see a huge creature rushing towards you and it looks like there's another one behind it oh my god oh it is a hulking creature with the lower half of its body an eight-legged stallion oh and the upper half a horned frost giant roll for what? an what? oh my what? god and there's what? two of them and That's, there's two of them that oh is my god. too too many for my <laughs> taste too many I oh, have one no. of the actual pawns. Two is two. How about that? Oh, oh, no. oh my God. God. I rolled a 32 wow. stealth. Yep. 38 oh, perception man. against your stealth. Wow. Oh, boy. Oh, they crammed them both in the. <laughs> <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I didn't have another pawn, so this one is it's like. It's a Cinderella's carriage. It's called Death Coach. The there artwork is gorgeous. This eight legged stallion is really. Rearing up, and the frost giant has a huge spear out to the side. Yeah. Oh my, that is gonna, that's gonna kill me. <laughs> this is gonna be. I'm rough. seeing the spear that's gonna kill me. <laughs> no. Boy, I, I no. can't imagine why they kept this in here with no windows. <laughs> there is not a lot of room to work with. So I, that just makes me wonder if they're like totally without intelligence. Do you know what I mean? It can't be. He's a frost. He's a centaur. It, it, no mm. way. He's without intelligence. He's got. Uh, he's got a, a weapon. He has a. Sh- a um, what do you call it? A quiver of arrows hanging off the saddlebag. This thing knows what he's doing. This is going to get intense. Oh, man. Oh, I finally get to make up for that last combat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, finally. You had to wait so long. <laughs> Feyraza. Uh, nine. Oh, boy. Yep. Oh, dear. No, I'm sorry. Ten. Ten. Okay. Lork. Lork uh, 23 Price. for Lork. There we okay, go. Okay. Okay. That'll help after the surprise round. Uh, <laughs> Pembroke. Uh, Eleven. 
11 and Baron. Baron rolled a 33 the year Jesus died, <laughs> which is also the initiative score in which Baron will die. So. <laughs> oh, a 33. Natural 20 on the die. Man, nice. On the on my I I never, gonna roll. I never Grant's gonna roll. <laughs> it's always above 17. <laughs> <laughs> I uh <laughs> the glow, get on it. I, it. <laughs> it's always above this 17. This is a this is a new die though. I never got to figure out or thank the person who gave these to give to me from uh, uh, GCP West. Uh, but thank you, whoever you are. Okay. All right. So Great. this one, surprise round. Oh. <laughs> no. This one uh, actually uh, is the only one that gets a surprise round because the other one failed its perception check. It comes charging in with a lance and goes right after Lork. Oh, now, no. now, what is the the... The reach on this thing is. The, are you all? Are you one hundred percent accurate on this? Uh, no, I that, think it's actually farther back. Uh, its reach is ten feet. Okay, but with the with the lance, it'll probably make it fifteen. Right? But doesn't it? With the surprise round, it only gets a move or a standard. Right. Cannot charge. <laughs> full round action. Uh, so he's going to stay right at the rim there and. Uh, you know, he'll. I'll say he has his uh, longbow out instead of All the right. lance because I'm okay. going to waste old, my action. Old rim job. Uh, and <laughs> here we go against flat-footed Natty nineteen, almost a crit. Uh, so that is going to be a hit against Lork. Oh man, that would have been times three. Times three. Uh, and it's four points of damage. So just a little tiny opening. Oh, that's ball. not wow. so bad. That's not yeah, surprise rounds. I always get excited about them. They really do nothing. They do nothing <laughs> unless you're a spellcaster. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fight me on it. Fight me on it, Ren. <laughs> All right, round one, Baron. Bear, bear. Baron is a uh, swift action. It's going to call down a judgment of sacred destruction plus a two there you uh, go. to buff himself. Oh, the destructor! <laughs> and he's going to cast um, protection from evil on himself, just in case he hasn't detected alignment, but it's a rough battle and he wants to be ready and he's out of range of the gun. It looks evil. They look evil. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in fact, the one that stepped him to, into the light has this amazing helm on uh, that looks like the face of a frost giant it's unbelievable with like this long <laughs> beard with like hooks on it it's oh really wow. really that's cool. insane that's so and crazy. big old like ram horns is that what it has yeah it's got like, like the, the ones the horns are going down they're not up like okay. devil's horns like they're coming out and down like huh. drinking horns wow uh all right lork or is baron gonna move baron's gonna move as well okay baron's gonna move all right ten baron. feet forward lork master flex Lork is going to, uh, he's, uh, he's not going to move anywhere. He's just going to go straight at this thing and, uh, and attack with three straight arrows, deadly aim, rapid shot. He's got a clean shot on it. And I'm, I'm not honestly sure if he's going to get another one for the rest of this combat. So, um, he's, he's, this thing could close the distance on him quick. It's huge. So he's going to, he's going to fire away. So, uh, I'm assuming it's a giant subtype right now because of. Yeah, I mean, it's got the body of a frost giant. It doesn't say. It says uh, huge, monstrous humanoid, but I'm just going to rule it. Yes, it's a frost giant. All right, here we go. It's taking a first shot. That's a 29 to hit. 29 is a hit. Oh, awesome. And he he does 28 points of damage. Oh, wow. All right. First shot. Uh, Second shot is a 26 to hit. That'll do, Lork. Yeah. Do. Oh, oh, who is there this we, guy? There we go. Uh, that is a 25 to hit, or I mean to, uh, to damage. Okay. And then last shot is a 25. 
That's going to hit too. Oh, oh nice. Oh, Holy shook, shook, shook. I, Oh, my God. And wow. I rolled 28 points up oh, to Oh, my God. It's just, wow. I rolled like fives and sixes on the 2d6 every single time. Oh, that's that was awesome. crazy. Well, I don't that's enjoy great. that yeah. at all. Uh, and he's going to tell Cat uh, Benatar to attack. Oh, okay. He's Go for it, Cat. Send Kat Benatar in. So Cat is going to charge in here. <laughs> well, remember what I said about not killing him before as a personality? <laughs> That's out the window. Giving it a shot here. I just want to try to keep the distance as much as possible. Sure. That provokes. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it provokes an attack. All right. So it's going to attack. Well, no, it just had its bow out. So oh, right, it right. It does not provoke yet. Uh, all right. So uh, charging in. I'm going to give her a plus two and a, and a quick bite. Uh, so that is a that's a hit. Uh, it's a twenty six to hit. Wow! And does eight, eight points of damage. Come yeah. on! Yeah. Nice job, Cat. My s- <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Cat Benatar. All right. Well, it's uh, it's my turn, and uh, you put this stupid cat in the way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Abuse of an animal companion. I mean, I'm gonna have to straight up kill it. That's yeah. really my only option. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's uh, it's the one in the back's turn first. So that one in the back uh, has a straight shot on who is the first person there? This is Feraz. Feraz. Oh, Feraz. Uh, Feraz. Feraz. Uh, let's go ahead and throw on power attack. Oh Jesus! And let's do a uh, charge with its lance at Feraz. Eight-legged horse. One attack. It's going to be a 30. Uh, oh. Faraz is going to cast Windy Escape. Oh, Ooh. Windy Escape. Talk to me about Windy Escape. Immediate action. I get DR10 magic against the attack, and I'm immune to any poison, sneak attacks, or critical hit effect from that attack. Okay. It so doesn't great. have any magic effects. So it's just his 10. I, DR10. I have DR10. Against magic or DR10, period? DR10, it's, unless the weapon is less. We- I got you. Okay. Uh, oh, boy. 33 points oh. of damage. Oh. So 23. Oh. 23. Wow. <laughs> Did you triple or double something without rolling multiple dice? No. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, gruesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wait. Oh, do you get double damage on a charge? No. Uh, if, no, you, no. if you have the proper feats. Well, with a lance. It does. Yeah. So that you, was just single damage. Oh. Roll again. Uh, so now I roll again. A lance does double damage on a charge. Yep. And this is treated as if it was. I forgot I read about this last night. Uh, I was like, I wonder if they're going to go oh, there. Because that's the, the, the nearest building. Uh, all right. This one isn't as bad. Oh, God. 24 points of damage. All right. We have to keep these and that things one, from charging. You don't take 10 out of it again. No, I just yeah, that's added on. It was 10 um, on the first one. Oh, that must look so Ooh. gruesome. Just so you know, that's 46 plus 42. Two damage. Oh. Oh. oh, wow. Once again, 46 plus 42 damage. It's crit multiplier is times three. Of course. Oh, on a lance. No. Uh, and now it's the other one's turn. Uh, oh, boy. What are we going to do here? Well, uh, I think I'm going to take a five foot step back and uh, kill the Cat Benatar, obviously. Uh, first attack. H- hold on a second. You have a bow. Oh, that one has a bow, yeah. I mean, you can shoot with the bow. Drop the bow. I don't and want to do that. Pull it out as a move action and pull out. Yeah, but I can't take the five foot. Can I pull out? Yes, the, you yes. can. All right, so that's what it's going to do. But it's only one attack then. 
you move, pull out the bow. You well, only that's get, what I'm saying. Or no, pull out the, I can't pull out the, the lance as part of a five-foot step. I have to pull it out as part of a move action. Right. Okay. Um, that's going to keep old cat around for one round. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to I'm gonna do that. I want to get the lance in my hand anyways. Hits for 27 points of damage. Oh. oh gruesome. Just, uh, lances. Cat Benatar. Pembroke's turn. Uh, Pembroke is going to cast Greater Invisibility on himself. Okay. Oh. And then he's going to use the Metamagic Rod. Nice. And, uh, nice. as a swift action. So, and I hate doing this to Cat Benatar. <laughs> no, you know what? Um, he's going to move to a position where he has a clear shot on the stagecoach. <laughs> <laughs> And he's going to cast, as a swift action, Lightning Bolt. Lightning Bolt. Yeah. Okay. And this is the one, this is the stagecoach. Yeah, the, the, one, one, that, the one that just charged. Well, 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 uh, you can get in a position to cast Lightning Bolt on both of them. Yeah, if I can do that yeah, without yeah. getting... So if you the, get to the other side of Fedoraza, the, the you're invisible, beloved so. uh, crooner. Right. And yeah, you don't provoke because you're invisible. So great, right. moved, greater invisibility, Lightning Bolt with... Uh, Quicken. What level spell is Lightning Bolt? Third. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Come on, buddy! All right. Uh, so that's 9, 10, 13, <laughs> 18, 19. I shoot the stagecoach. <laughs> uh, that's 28 points of damage. And that's a DC 19 reflex save for half. All right. The, the one that just hit Cat Benatar. Uh. Fails. Yes. Yeah, nice. Yes. And That's then the, the one. one that just crunched uh, Feyraza also fails. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Good All right. job. 17 and 17. <laughs> Good awesome. job. Perfect. Uh, 28 points of damage. Wow. Very happy with that. That's, I'm not happy with that. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. All right. And it is uh, Feyraza's turn of a quite wounded Feyraza. Brutally, brutally wounded. Faraza is going to uh, wild shape into. By the way, do you have any uh, any more of those huge pawn bases? Oh, I, you know what? I do. I do have one because Faraza is going to be a war cat. A war Ooh. cat. What battle of the cat wow. Benatar? <laughs> oh wow! War, I'm going to read you the little the little blurb. Oh, I, I remember reading about these. These are awesome. Weighing 4,000 pounds <laughs> and stretching 25 feet from nose to base of tail, a war cat is a dangerous predator with a large territory. Oh, <laughs> my God. They have been known to take down prey ranging from megafauna to giants to even young dragons. Wow. Holy moly. So look at that. You take up now the entire <laughs> space. Pembroke cannot get anywhere now. Pembroke is trapped probably in the safest place he can be off in that corner. Uh, invisible. I love being wedged between a battle cat and a wall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> battle cat. Great place to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So that is that's your move? That's uh, your turn? That's my standard action. Okay. And now as a move action, I'm going to... Good luck. I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, Oh. oh, there we go. Joe has found, Joe found a, a, a big thing. It's a bullet, I believe. It's a bullet. <laughs> or a awesome. just, I just wanted to, ha- I wanted to have a Robert Boulet. <laughs> it's not Boulet. I wanted to have a huge pawn out there. <laughs> I like putting Little Ferrazzo on a huge base. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, as a move action. She's uh, going to move uh, away and roll acrobatics to avoid provoking an attack avoid opportunity. Avoid provoke. All right, so let's see what you've got. There's very little place. You have very little room in here. I know. That's like the only place you could go. Yeah. Can you, okay. you can 
can walk through allies even can, though you're a yeah, huge yeah. creature? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't it's think that's against the rules. <laughs> she could just step right over him. Yeah. Uh, She's a cat. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be bad. 19. Here comes the attack of opportunity with power attacks still on. Uh, rolling in the box here. Haven't been rolling very well in the box. 27 to hit. Fail. Fail. That's a miss? It's a miss. Wow. War cats have a 28 wow. AC. Wow. And my wild armor on top of that. Oh, my wow. God. That would have been brutal. You want to know how much damage that was going to be? That was going to be uh, 30 points of damage. Oh, man. Wow. Meow. All right. So the... Uh, Meow. The war cat <laughs> goes near the other cat. Really makes Cat Benatar look lame in comparison. Uh, no. She sure goes, does. Really she showing goes. her up. <laughs> I'm backing her up. All right. Pretty interesting her. round one. Pretty interesting round one. Let's talk about round two. Baron. You see all of the doubt that was clouding Baron's face and mind leave his body like rats off of a sinking ship as he looks at these abominations in Torag's eyes and says, in Torag's name, I banish you to hell. <laughs> and in front of you, Troy, you see my first attack, which is the Giant's Bane Della gun, which is also going to activate up close and deadly. Oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. a fistful of dice. Oh, Troy. yeah, that's a fistful of dynamite. Misfire. Uh, not quite. Um, it is going to be 16 against Touch AC. That is a hit. Nice. Or, <laughs> you're attacking this one here, and this one is the only got hit by a lightning. The bolt, one closest. Right? The stagecoach. Yeah, the stagecoach. <laughs> the other one is the one that got lit up by Lork, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. All right, that is a hit, buddy. 35 points of damage oh, on the first beautiful. attack. Nice. Okay, okay. Come on, Miss Five, Miss Five, Miss Five, Miss Five! Another point of grit being used over and up close and deadly. Come on, baby. Uh, that is another hit for a total of 29 uh, points of damage. Oof. Okay. Final okay. attack. Final attack. Don't misfire, baby. Don't <laughs> misfire. misfire. Monsters! <laughs> this is my third out of four grit points. Uh, oh, that's a that is a definite hit. There you go. Oh, that yeah. is and, uh, thirty points of damage. Oh, wow. nice. and oh. a lot of low rolls. You could yeah, you could have done, done a lot roll. more damage. Sorry, that one's thirty-two points of damage because I have the judgment of sacred destruction. Oh boy, oh boy. What'd you say? Thirty and so another two. <laughs> we are laying yeah. out some damage. Yeah. Serious damage. Everyone's laying out a lot of damage. Yeah. Here. yeah, uh, yeah. All right, Lork. Uh, Lork has sort of been cut off from his original target, uh, but he really wants to take this guy out. He can feel, feel him weakening. He doesn't want to leave Cat Benatar. Uh, man, this is rough. He's going to take a five-foot step to the, to the right here because the war cat is in his way, but now Baron's in his way. He's going to be like, Baron, duck! And he's trying to shoot over his head, so give him as much cover as you would like. Lavalley, uh, the target. Uh huh. Give him all the cover. Yeah, uh, give him all the <laughs> cover. Yeah. Huge creatures. Huge creatures get lots of cover from dwarves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so dwarves. you're shooting at, at the first one that dwarves. you hit. You can say what you want. Exactly. F- shooting at the first one that he attacked. He, ch- he wants to take him out before he can kill. Cat okay. uh, Benatar. Uh, first shot is a twenty-seven to hit. Twenty-seven. Um, so let's see. Partial cover would be a plus two. Uh, and I think that's fair for a huge creature. Yeah, that'll be a hit. <laughs> All right. He does 24 points of damage. Nice. Attacks a second time. Misses. Okay. Flies over past. Uh, this is so bad. I really... I need to basically crit on this. He slows down. <laughs> Zeroes in his aim. Fires. Takes a breath. Call of Duty style. Look at my die. Natural twist. No! <laughs> oh, 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 shit. Oh, 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 oh,
confirm? Uh, does not confirm. Oh, Damn it. But exploding Damn it. dice. Exploding dice. Exploding uh, dice. None of them exploded, Explo- unfortunately. Blow, 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 blow. Uh, but I got uh, 22 points of damage. Nice. On that 22 shot. points Excellent. of damage. Oh, uh, hey. Ooh. Oh, my God. That was awesome. That was cool. Zeroed in. <laughs> Maddie 20. Awesome. All right. It is. Cat uh, Benatar's oh, turn. Cat Benatar <laughs> takes Kat. a. Cat Benatar, uh, not concerned about cover, takes a five foot step up. Hit to, him with your best again, shot. Again, close the distance <laughs> on the creature. <laughs> Uh, takes a five foot step up and is going to claw claw bite. So uh, first attack is at twenty six. Nice. Twenty six hits. Max damage uh, ten points of damage. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's wrong. Uh, that was max damage seven points of damage. Okay. Uh, second swipe. Same exact thing. Same exact hit. Another seven points of damage. Oh, nice. God. And then uh, a bite. That is a twenty two to bite. Twenty two misses. Okay. Good try, though, Ken. Wow. Son of a gun. Man, we <laughs> poured a lot of damage on him. I really wish it died. It is really, <laughs> been, uh, uh, really I, close to dying. I uh, really wish it died. Yeah. All right. This thing that uh, I'm going to go with the one, because they go back to back. I'm going to go with the one that Cat Benatar and Lork just attacked. It is uh, <laughs> It's in really bad shape. <laughs> it begins like its legs start pumping and it starts charging up into the air. Oh, what? what? And it goes up Jesus. and then charges back down to strike at Baron. What? <laughs> what? And starts flying with an ability. How high are the ceilings? Like 40 the, feet. Oh, my God. But it God. goes up just a little bit and comes I down can picture at Baron. It. I can picture it. It's an ability called so Skyrunner. <laughs> and he has 20 foot reach. That's incredible. And that provokes for me, doesn't it? Uh, it'll provoke from Cat Benatar. Oh, okay. I'm coming down at an, an angle here. He's got. Uh, oh, you're attacking from flying? Yeah. For Cat oh, Benatar. wow, that's cool. Cat Benatar hits. Hits? Buddy. For 10 points of damage. Nice. Damage. Son of a gun. Rolled a natty 19 on that. Well done, Cat. And he comes down at a perfect angle. I have 15 which, feet of reach. 15 feet of reach. But I'm, I'm saying I'm coming down at an angle to attack Baron in a way where you would not be able to attack me. Um, so, here we go. God, I cannot roll for shit uh, lately. It is going to be, because uh, I left power attack on a 27. Uh, gonna be is close. it evil? It is. Is it a giant subtype? You said it earlier. Uh, that is not it. a hit. <laughs> oh, sorry, Troy. Not a hit, yeah. He had the damage dice in his I hands. Had the damage. 46 plus 42 would have been really nice. Oh. Uh all right. Uh, the other one is going to do the same thing to... Uh, I can't do it to Baron. Oh, man. This is tough. Yeah. You sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> we got you, buddy. All right. Uh, it's just going to do... Hmm. 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 Three attacks on Baron. All right. First attack. 31. That is a hit. All right. Hits Baron for 29 points of damage. Ooh, man. Second attack. Oh, boy. If a Natty 20 comes up, you're going to be in trubs. Uh, 23? Miss. Miss. And then the final attack. Uh, Natty 19. Oh. For your... Or it's going to be a 27 because it's the last attack. Not a hit. And it misses. Oh, oh wow. See, I never use power attack. The one time I use it, it goes against me. Baron's just matrix dodging all these spheres. You never use it. I'm sitting here on like 60 points of damage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in this fight, I said, you know, I'm going to use power attack. I never I never use it in, in, in combats. But uh, now it is uh, Pembroke's turn. Uh, Pembroke is 
going to use the metamagic rod again. Okay. Um, and he's going to fire off a uh, magic missile so at damage. the one that's flying in the air. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it's three, five, seven. 11, 15, 20 points of damage. So Pembroke, <laughs> quicken, lesser metamagic rod, just dum, 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 dum. this thing came up and like a perfect strike on Baron, but Baron was so protected against it that he was able to block it off and Pembroke shoots it out of the air and kills it. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Boom. Collapses on the ground. And I am going to, you know, I'm going to do another Magic missile is my standard action. Okay. On the one that remains. All right. That one's in rough shape. Uh, five, nine. And you don't become visible because you cast greater invisibility, right? Uh, right. Exactly. Wow. Uh, so that's another so twenty. Awesome. He's another... gonna live forever. <laughs> <laughs> Not even God Himself can kill me. Uh, twenty points of damage. Twenty points of damage. Feyraza. Uh, Feyraza is gonna do a full round attack. On the former stagecoach. <laughs> Let's get it, Faraz. Get, get it, girl. Wildcat. The former uh, stagecoach. First claw. Warcat. Uh, 31 to hit. That'll hit. Wow. Oh, wait, this is a D8. Was uh, that a Rushmore reference, Joe? Wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> 17, 17 points of damage. Second claw. Oh, boy. Uh, 25 to hit. Yeah, that's going to hit. <laughs> uh, 17 points of damage again. <laughs> oh, so I get to rend. <gasps> oh! You're taking you need a rend down. Taking you to rend down. No. Max rend damage. Twenty six points of rend damage. And you killed it. You killed it. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, but I didn't get to do my bite with grab. Oh, my God. I thought for sure you were done for. Oh, Cat Benatar runs into the corner of the room looking back at the war cat in horror. (laughs) (laughs) What is that thing? Whoa. By the way, the war cat has a climb speed. Oh my oh god. Like, this thing's unbelievable. Oh I, I thought it was third party and it, no it's from um it's from uh the Belkson uh, campaign. Oh, the, right, the hold campaign of the setting. Hold of the Orcords. The hold of the yeah, Orcords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, why I read it. That's why that's why I saw it. I just did the math <laughs> and uh Lork you're level 9. Oh my oh, god. We'll see yeah. you next week. The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. 
In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.